Stop right there. I'm in. You are? Just like that? Yeah. I, I need friends. Welcome to the Suicide Squad cast. This is the DC Universe podcast where we discuss the DC Extended Universe movies and TV shows. Yeah, we are big fans of all of what DC Comics is doing on the big and small screen, so we want to make sure we talk about all of it. So thanks for joining us tonight. Let's get started. My name is Scott. And I am Brent, and we are the Suicide Squad cast. Hey, what are you doing here, Brent? I I, I don't know. I'm confused. <laughs> um, okay, guys, little inside baseball. You know how Tim complains every week about how busy work <laughs> is, and he says it every week like it's ever going to change? Well, apparently it got so busy this week that we couldn't even record tonight. So thankfully, Brent came in to decide to be n- our not Tim. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I I luckily had no plans tonight, so it worked out. So, well, here I am. Hey, anything you want to tell the good people about your week? Or are you just ready to get into this news? Because you, you kind of missed a lot of the fire this week. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I followed a good chunk of the of the news, especially the uh, Batman director stuff. I, I was glad you guys put out that extra episode because I really wanted to hear what you two had to say about it so that was a nice surprise i don't know i this was this has kind of been a week where i'm like i'm just glad that i you know focus on my tv bubble and <laughs> i could just enjoy a quality week of good dc television so <laughs> you know so, sometimes it's good to play in the minor leagues oh i wouldn't even call it the minor leagues but yeah i i've been actually marathoning i didn't get to watch any tv this week it was, a, it was a crazy week for me at work too but i was marathoning flash and legends of tomorrow and powerless which we'll talk about later and uh actually was going to watch Arrow, but then had to give my my oldest a bath, and then suddenly you got home a lot sooner than we thought, so we had to get started on this tonight. So you're yeah. keeping me from Arrow, Brent. I'm blaming you. Uh, I am keeping you from a good episode. Okay, well, looking forward to it. Um, well, let's get started then. Um, I, this is interesting. Are you excited for the Lego Batman movie, as I, as I am? <laughs> I was literally talking about that tonight with my family. I'm planning on seeing it with my uh, seven-year-old nephew. Oh, man. Yeah, I was, we're actually kind of planning a Batman themed birthday because my youngest is turning one year old in like two weeks and I just keep on thinking about that song from the trailer going black and yellow black and yellow like I'm going to be getting the soundtrack and I will be jamming out to it in my car I am that big of a nerd yeah I probably won't get to see the movie next week when it comes out but it it, it looks so funny so I'm definitely going to see it as soon as I can well apparently uh, the director Adam McKay was uh, responding to a fan's tweet where uh, a fan apparently said that they wished that he would do a DCEU like live action project and McKay wrote it's a long shot but I'd like to be a part of it somehow thank you by the way and then the fan asked if they should start an online petition to help McKay and he had to say thanks that's nice but I'm going to go in and see those guys and pitch myself and go from there but thank you yeah you know you, you kind of got to respect that he wants to do it himself and not try and put any kind of pressure and it probably wouldn't look too good to the DC execs if he was out there already trying to you know kind of just push them into it and stuff like that and I, I don't want to say bully it like what a fan petition occasionally could look like but uh, i don't know I, I respect that he wants to do it himself oh yeah well i also think that's like the the proper way to do it you know just 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 my opinion i'm not sure what you think but i, I don't feel like that that is particularly professional or in good taste and for them to be sort of you know ragging on even though you know i look at greg wiseman and brandon vignetti when they did with young justice and i go never mind go ahead set the internet ablaze 
yeah, but that that was that was different. He's lobbying for something new. They were trying to bring something something back, and obviously they had already you know given all their pitches to to everybody involved in making Young Justice. And so actually, I don't think those are comparable. I I, I don't think it is because one of them I totally support, the other one I don't. So I don't <laughs> yeah, there you go. Either way, okay. Well, um, moving on. Uh, movie news is kind of light, but we we got some good stuff coming. Um, did you see this uh, Gal Gadot Instagram post? Share it was the same picture that Zack Snyder shared on Vero the other day. Yeah, you know, it's like uh, where where is this special room that you can just stand in and watch the movie? You know, watch <laughs> what the the dailies or early cuts or whatever they're called. I I don't know. I, I it, it, the picture itself doesn't really tell us much. It's you know just a picture of Wonder Woman, but and you know it looks like she's talking to presumably Bruce, but I can't quite tell. But I don't know. I, I'm really excited to see the movie Wonder Woman. So anything with her right now is definitely catching my attention. Oh yeah, exactly. We were actually joking around before the air. My wife walked in and we were saying something about, we were looking at the Wonder Woman news going, ah, that's, there's nothing really important about Wonder Woman. We were talking about the news. My wife just walked in behind me going, excuse me? And we were like, no, it's awesome, honey. It's awesome, honey. Even Brent was scared of my wife and he's not even in the same state right now. <laughs> I was. I was like, no, we want to see the movie. Don't get me wrong. It just was a lighter news, but I did like, I did like that image. Yeah, and apparently Gal Gadot's enjoying it because she's she is doing some ADR and about Justice League. And her comment was, "Just saw some scenes from Justice League, so exciting, having a great weekend." And then it was like a you know the gun show. It was like a you know a bicep arm emoji. So I you know I I for as much crap as the DCEU gets and the actors have to deal with it, it's nice that they are still being so enthusiastic and supportive on social media. I and I, I've said this before on the show. I'm repeating myself, but their enthusiasm just fuels my enthusiasm personally. It, you know, really, the, the only one that, that doesn't act super, super enthusiastic right now is Ben Affleck. And that's probably because he's kind of been badgered nonstop about it. <laughs> and you, you feel like the others, like even Gal, like she's full on into Wonder Woman right now between Justice League and her own movie and the marketing for it and everything. And you can tell that it's like, it's the appropriate time. And so she's super enthused about it. Right. Well, I mean, Ben Affleck never exactly grabs you as a as an overly enthusiastic person to begin with. True, true. Yeah, well, yeah. More about that later, shall we? Oh, <laughs> uh, wow. Um, Aquaman decided to go, like, on a casting spree, apparently. And uh, I don't... Where do you want to start? I'm going to say let's start with Nicole Kidman, who is... appears to be in talks to possibly play Aquaman's mother. Yeah. Uh, so the queen of Atlantis. Yeah, at, at, at Atlanta, I believe is how you would pronounce her name. I'm going to be honest, I had to look that one up. Yeah, Atlanta, it, it's certainly what it looks like. I, I, I'll i be honest, my first thought was, okay, that's kind of cool, you know, a, a, a DC alum, since she was, you know, back in the Batman movies, the early Batman movies. Um, oh, Which one was she in? Was it Batman she, Forever? She was Batman Forever. She played Dr. Chase Meridian. And, right, oh, so she was d- with uh, George Clooney. No, Val Kilmer. Shame on you. Come on, get your Batman straight, Brent. You know what? It's those, it's it's not the Michael Keaton movie, so who cares? Uh, I saw it. See, I enjoyed Batman Forever. Uh, I enjoyed it more than Batman Returns, to be honest with you. So, I enjoyed it too because Robin was in them and I was young and I really like sidekicks. But if you look back on them, mm, no, no, yeah. I, I, hey, we have an entire two part episode dealing with Batman and Robin. I mean, honestly, but oh, Nicole Kidman, I just had the oh, I was probably I was like late middle school, early high school, and boy, Nicole Kidman is a pretty lady <laughs> and, and she looked great in Batman Forever. So, I I saw this news and I was like, cha ching, I'll take that one. Yeah, I, I think it makes sense. I I have no complaints about that at all. Other than obviously you're going to get a lot of haters out there talking about Batman 
Batman and Aquaman's mom, just like they do with um, Superman's mom from the other movies. And I, I don't know some of the, some some of those kind of comments and memes I could do without, but uh, I I think it's good news. You know, I just realized I had no idea what those memes were talking about until you reminded me that she was in Batman Forever. <laughs> Oh, wow. I need to turn in my nerd card, apparently. I totally did not make that connection. Good on you, Brent. That's okay, because I'm pretty sure I just said Batman's mom, and I really just meant Aquaman's mom. So, hey, you know, I I, I don't know. We'll figure it out. Okay. Well, I was also very curious, because if Nicole Kidman was going to be his mom, and Jason Momoa is so obviously, uh, you know, his his, his Polynesian heritage and all that, I was like, okay, then who's going to play his dad? And apparently, it was actually announced today on Hollywood Reporter that Tim Morrison, and that's Tim, not Tim, Tim Morrison is in early talks to play, uh, they just said his human father, who in the comics is Tom Curry, um, but that'd be kind of cool. He's New Zealand. If you don't, he's New Zealander. If you don't know who he is, he was Jango Fett in Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. So I, I thought, I thought, oh, that's cool, because then that can give you kind of the, the ethnicity. You, know, you could believe that those two would create, you know, a child that would grow up to be Jason Momoa. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think it's also worth noting what you were telling me before we got started here is he's also DC alum. Just a bit more recent, he was Abin Sir in the Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern movie. Which you argued with me about because you totally <laughs> weren't agreeing <laughs> you, with what... You, you said Abin Sir, I heard Sinestro. So, you know what? I Technically, based on what I heard, we were both right. That's just what I'm going to say. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, we're, is that how we're playing this game? Okay. And then also, um, apparently, Black Manta has been, uh, well, some reports say he's been cast, some reports say he's in early talks. So I really didn't, like, it basically just depended on who you read. Uh, but um, I heard cast, and what I and this is, um, help me with the name here, uh, Yahya Abdul Mateen II. I think you nailed it. Ah, oh, sweet. And um, take that DC on screen. We're going to get these names right. <laughs> Love you, Dave. Um, apparently, he's from this Netflix series called The Get Down. Never seen it. I know nothing about this actor who's apparently in talks to play Black Manta. How about you, Brent? Okay, so I have not seen this Netflix series. I'm aware it exists, but that's about as far as it goes. But I am glad that Black Manta is going to be a part of the movie because at least for me, when I think Aquaman, I think Black Manta first. And so I I realize Ocean Master has done a lot. And yes, he's definitely an important character. And I know they've already, you know, announced, well, if not Ocean Master, at least his brother. But, But to me, Black Manta just has to be there in that movie. So I'm really glad to see that they are are going to be going forward with him. I'm excited about this because I always like the idea of give me Black Manta as the villain of the movie because I don't want Orm to be revealed to be Ocean Master yet. You know, I, I, I like the idea of let me get to know Orm, let me get to know what the family politics are before we start doing the whole brother versus brother kind of storyline. That's But that's my personal opinion. No, that makes a lot of sense. Like that's something that should, you know, maybe it's like a mid-credit scene type thing, kind of like what they had in Suicide Squad. But definitely, I think not before that. It'd almost be more ideal if it happened like during a second Aquaman movie, setting him up as the villain of a third, you know, in a Aquaman trilogy. Oh, yeah. Eventually, probably leading to some sort of inspired movie from like Jeff Johns' Throne of Atlanta story. I think. Yes, please. Take my take all my money. (laughs) 
I mean, I actually went back the other day and reread that story, and I just forgot how good it really was. I mean, like, I remember liking it, but it was... Uh, I think I think the guy at my local comic store says it's the greatest Aquaman story ever told, and I, yeah, I, I can't blame It's good. <laughs> it's a good one. So, I, I just... I just I'm glad Black Man is in it. I'm gonna have to watch this Get Down series. Like, I'm gonna be honest, I hadn't even heard of the series until I read the trade reports talking about him being cast. If I hadn't read that, I have I would have no idea about the show. But now I gotta go put it in my Netflix queue. Okay, so there's been reports coming out that uh, Chris Terrio, who you know did some writing work on BVS, is going to or has done a like a Passover of the the solo Batman movie script, a rewrite, if you will. I have heard I have heard mixed things about this, and so I'm hoping you can help me out here, Scott. What I have heard is it's just he's given it a once over to kind of tighten some areas down and give his input to you know Jeff Johns and Ben Affleck, and I have heard that it's also you know kind of like what's going on with the flash it's a page one rewrite and they're just starting all over from fresh so i'm hearing conflicting things can you can you help me out here well i i can't solidify anything i can just tell you what i've read and what i interpreted it as because i think it was chris it was chris or jordan who actually from from dc comics broadcast that first drew our attention to it there was a deadline article that was talking about affleck stepping down as the director of the solo movie this statement appeared in like the second paragraph of that Deadline News article. Affleck, who's most recently helmed Live by Night, wrote the script with Jeff Johns and a rewrite was just turned in by Chris Terrio, the Oscar-winning scribe of the Affleck-directed Argo. Our sister publication, Variety, was first to confirm Affleck's exit as director. That's it. That is where all the news comes from. That one sentence from a news article about Affleck stepping down as the director. That wasn't even the story, that Chris Terrio did a rewrite. So the way that was just kind of slipped in there and that it was, what they say, just turned in, my interpretation is, isn't that it's a page one rewrite. My interpretation is Affleck and Johns went back and forth working on their script and then handed it to Terrio and Terrio just did a polish on it. That is how I interpreted that one sentence. There was nothing in there to make me think that this is like some giant Chris Terrio had to go back and rewrite the whole dang thing. Because that's all there is. That, I mean, that is the only, that is the only officially sourced, you know, story was what, that's what Deadline said. Well, I feel like if it was the page one rewrite, you know, a la Flash, that it, it would be a bigger news thing. And I, but what I was seeing, what I was finding was, you know, this website, which linked from that website, which linked from that other website and clickbaited it and changed it around, you know, the same old stuff. And so, I mean, that's why I was getting confused on it even because I wasn't finding the original source either. Well, that was it. That deadline article so it, it it's such a it's such a low-key uh mention that and i would also think that chris terry would have needed longer if he was going to do a complete like start from scratch rewrite of the script i feel like this has been so quickly that it was like the the right around the time that affleck steps down is when this happens so i feel like he basically just you know was doing like the press tour for live by night didn't have the time to work on the script and basically just handed it to chris who apparently he tried since he wrote Argo and then Affleck was responsible for bringing him on to do the the rewrite on Batman v Superman, they probably just handed the script to Chris that was like, okay, I need a fresh set of eyes on this. That was my interpretation because that's also been kind of the relationship that I've interpreted between Chris Terrio and Ben Affleck after these past couple of movies. Plus Terrio writing Justice League. So with Ben Affleck, you know, stepping down as director, uh, they are looking obviously for new directors and people have heard names thrown 
thrown out like Matt Reeves and George Miller, uh, as well as a few others. But there is a petition going on at change.org. And I, I got to be honest, I was a little surprised when I saw this. But at the same time, I, OK, I get it. I guess Zack Snyder is, you know, his name is on this petition. Not that he's the one who started it, but the fans are actively trying to get it so that he will direct the Batman movie. I, I got to say, for me, I, I have to question, uh, love his work, hate his work, irrelevant. He already did Man of Steel. He already did BVS and he's doing Justice League. Is putting him on Batman, is it too much of the same director or the same style? What What do you think? Am I am I crazy for kind of having those questions? No, because I had the I, I didn't even have the questions. I just flat out said, I love Zack's work. I mean, I've only seen one movie that I'm lukewarm on that he's done and I'm even trying to give that a rewatch to give it a second chance. I, I've enjoyed his films, but one, I want to see some different voices in the DCEU, which is like why I'm so looking forward to Patty Jenkins and Wonder Woman. And also, Zack Snyder's aesthetic is not what I want in the solo Batman movie. It's not like the Batman that we can get with Ben Affleck as Batman. I don't want it to be a Zack Snyder movie. I want it to be something more noirish uh, than what Snyder would give me. But you had one good point when we were talking about Snyder directing Batman. What did you have to say before we were recording? Well, if they could maybe just bring him in for, you know, a one or two scenes similar to that warehouse fight scene in BVS, since that was the greatest Batman action scene ever, I, I would not object to that. Come on, do, do, do a little, do a little, um, you know, second direct, no, no, second director here. Come, come on, go on. You, you can do those scenes. Uh, but uh, no, no, I, I don't want Snyder to do Batman. I, I feel like after Justice League, Snyder needs to kind of, you know, sit back a little bit because I really do feel like that Man of Steel, BVS, and Justice League, when it's all said and done, it's going to feel like a trilogy. And after that, that I think Snyder kind of needs to sort of step back a little bit and and if he does come back which I would not be opposed to let it be the right kind of film for him to come back on but I just don't feel like the solo Batman movie is that film but it was interesting you actually went and read the petition didn't you yeah I I was I was reading through it and found found some stuff that kind of kind of stuck out to me that I well I I disagreed with it so here's one line from it it said that uh, another reason to request Zach is uh, continuity because aside from the quote abysmal suicide squad Snyder is pretty much in the driver's seat of the whole DCEU and okay I'm going to disagree with the word abysmal there I did not feel that way about the movie but I actually think that's irrelevant I I think suicide squad could have been you know the greatest movie ever and maybe it's going to be an Oscar winning movie for example but I don't think it's relevant to whether or not Zack Snyder is actually the director of Batman and so I kind of feel like they're just distracting from what their overall goal of this petition is by even mentioning that but then there was another part which I agree I was like you don't need to insult a section of the fan base who maybe actually enjoyed Suicide Squad because there are people out there who weren't that hot on BVS but then actually enjoyed Suicide Squad. I I fall in the other camp. I enjoyed BVS much more than I enjoyed Suicide Squad, and as has been documented on this podcast. But uh, you're not going to help your cause by throwing a section of the fan base under the bus because let's be honest, Suicide Squad brought some people into the DCEU that wouldn't have been into it otherwise. Not just that, but it was a a hugely successful movie financially speaking yes uh, and I, I realize it didn't technically bring in the same amount of revenue as bvs but i'd be willing to bet it was more profitable than bvs was uh yeah and so it it's like let's not insult the movie that overall was a massive massive success yes uh but the quote that they did say that you found interesting and i'll just read it here it says really it's a no-brainer Zack snyder's commitment to source material extraordinary visual style and previous experience in the dceu makes him the ideal candidate, especially when you factor in the influence Ben Affleck is still going 
to have on the film's story and dialogue. The two working together just might make the best comic book film we've ever seen. Uh, we've seen yet. Now that was good. Good language for the petition, I felt. That's the kind of stuff they needed to be sticking with. Because I thought that made a lot of sense. It made the case for Zack Snyder. It made a case for him working with Ben. I, I That's the kind of line or paragraph that, you know, sells me on the petition. Even though we completely disagree with the petition in spirit. Well, I mean, not yes. in spirit, but like we don't, I don't want Zack Snyder directing the solo Batman movie personally. I, I want someone else. I want a different visual style. I, I agree. I just mean that that is like, that is giving what, what the vision is for the petition writers. Like that is getting their point across much better than the Suicide Squad comment. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, wow. Um, well, of course, Brent's on the show. So <laughs> of course we just kind of go, ah, well, that's the movie news. Let's go on to TV because, you know, that's what we do when there's Brent. Let, let's be fair. You did, you guys did do an extra episode this week because of the Ben Affleck stuff. So there was movie news this week. You know, just look back at the previous episode for some more of it. Well, yeah, I mean, like 20 minutes of tonight's episode is episode 86. So that, 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 that's true. Well, okay. Before we move on, let me just ask you, you are obviously saw the news stories you heard tim's and my you know emergency podcast about affleck stepping down um would you like to take this opportunity to provide any of your insider thoughts on the idea of affleck stepping down as the director of the solo batman movie this is this is your time brent (laughs) i i i feel a little bit i'm I'm conflicted on one hand everybody thought and, and myself included i'm including let me be very clear i'm including myself in this that it was really really cool that Ben Affleck was going to produce, write, at star and direct in this movie that, you know, some people say is the hopes of the DCEU. I don't personally agree with that, but it's obviously a very important movie. It's Batman, for Pete's sake. Uh, and then suddenly he's not directing, you know, people. You could make an argument that he, some people I know have said it's because uh, of the, of like, the blow to, you know, I don't want to say, like, the ego blow, but basically just he put his heart and soul and lived by night, and then it was not the success that he wanted it to be, at least critically and financially. And and so is that the reason he stepped down or the fans who have badgered him, you know, for the last however many months, I guess 10 months or so since BVS came out, are are they the cause of it? It's probably really a combination of the two. The thing that's sticking with me is it wasn't that long ago that he went on Jimmy Kimmel and said, yes, I am directing the Batman. And I'm like, you don't just on a whim decide to, to not do something like this. And I realize he's still very much a part of it. He's still producer, writer, still starring, obviously. But it, I do feel like the credibility of his word is just a little bit hurt here and I'm, I'm not I'm not saying I'm one of these people who are jumping the gun to he's not even going to be in the movie at all once Justice League comes out Batman Ben Affleck is done with Batman I, I, I'm not saying that I do believe as of this moment he is going to be in the movie as Batman I, I just feel like his credibility is a little bit hurt and I would really like to see that production was getting started I, I'd agree with you there I mean I it's it does not help I really feel like I, I think we all keep point of that Jimmy Kimmel interview really hurt. I, I think that's I think that's the nail that was really hurt this whole situation because he was kind of he was kind of dodging the questions and then I think he finally just got to the point there was like oh dear God let me just give an answer that will get everybody off my back and then like I said then like I said in episode eight six it just feels a little it would be very coincidental that this news about him stepping down came out so soon after the final report about the the final box office on Live by Night. And so I still think that Live by Night was a major contributing factor to this decision. I mean, a lot of people are now really, really trying to hammer home the point of the job he was trying to do. And I, I told my wife about it and she commented like,
like is he not a team player and it's like it was a huge undertaking that he was trying to do and I don't fault him for you know I I actually respect the fact that if he said he can't do it that he steps down to make a better end product I I actually have a lot of respect for that I just I I'm I am really hung up on the fact that he was so adamant on Kimmel and other places that he was still doing his thing like still directing but uh, I don't know like I said I'm I'm just ready for production to get rolling so we actually know what's happening and I am very hopeful that it's a non-issue when Justice League comes out that it is going to be the movie that finally for for lack of a better phrase unites the fan fan base that you know is both critically and financially and even mainstream public a success and because I mean you you can't deny we haven't had that movie yet obviously the fans have loved them because you know look at all the money they're making but I'm looking for the fans to love it and that critical hit and I'm really really hoping that Justice League is this for Ben Affleck's sake because you know apparently reports are he took it pretty hard at the critical reception to BVS I actually think Wonder Woman's going to beat it to the punch just because that movie looks amazing but he's obviously not involved with that right Uh, I know and can I can I be a little political here to say do you do you think critics are really going to just from a political standpoint be that nasty to the first ever sort of officially female-led superhero movie do you do you feel like they'd want to put themselves in that position to attack Wonder Woman since it is like that for that first one that's ever been made by either one of the big companies honestly I feel like what they would say is by us not attacking it if we think it was bad we are being sexist and I think that would be their excuse to actually rag on the DCEU some more so that's why I'm just really hopeful that genuinely there is just nothing that they can legitimately say and be taken with any kind of seriousness okay okay because I still I still I'm being cynical here I don't think the Justice I'm not even hoping for the Justice League to be a critical success I'm just hoping for the critics to like calm the you know what down and you know not give me something in like the 20% range on Rotten Tomatoes you know it's like I don't need it to be a 90% movie because I just don't trust the critics to do that I just don't need them to tear it a new one just cause yeah I mean I, I, I still firmly believe that the critics cost BVS a lot of money and it, it I mean clearly how much money it was making anyway the fans loved it but I, I believe it would have made more if not for them and I don't want that to happen again I it does feel a little bit like they just have this vendetta against it for whatever reason whatever reason obviously that's not necessarily a, a known thing and I say that as a huge fan of the Marvel movies but it's like there's absolutely room for to love the DCEU even if you like Marvel also and I would really like Wonder Woman and Justice League just to shut all the critics up you know just give us give us these movies that everybody can just you know celebrate together that we're getting this awesome content you know live screen finally finally Wonder Woman finally Justice League just let us celebrate this I know 2016 was a rough year can I have 2017 please can you give me 2017 oh man well you ready to talk some TV news I know this is weird you know you talking TV on this other podcast and stuff <laughs> and I don't ex- and I'm not Ray for various reasons that make me not Ray but yeah you're not but that but we will we will soldier on and that's okay because you guys actually you know do typically cover more of the news side of things and so I, I think it's just fine that we're going to talk some news today. Yeah, but I like talking. I always love talking TV with you. It's always fun when you come on, you know, when, when Tim's not here, when, when daddy's not home and, and <laughs> you know, it's kind of nice. Oh, uh, well, let's talk Flash technically because we got some interesting news from BuzzFeed regarding the Flash Supergirl musical crossover, which I am super excited about and you're just mildly excited about. I, I let, let me be clear. I am super excited 
for the crossover part of the phrase musical crossover. I am not a big musical person. I, it's just it's just not my thing. But so long as it's worked into the plot and they're not just singing to sing out of nowhere, I will be fine with it. And with a villain like the Music Meister, I think I'm going to be okay in that regard. Which I did not believe you did not know that he was created for Batman the Brave and the Bold. We were having this no. discussion and I'm calling you out on air because I cannot no. believe you didn't know that. I, I, I honestly didn't. I didn't. So I didn't know he was like Harley Quinn where he was on the show first and, and so I just he's not a character I, I know a lot about and so I, I knew that Neil Patrick Harris voiced him and that's why everybody wanted Neil Patrick Harris to you know play him in this crossover which hey Neil Patrick Harris is great I'd have been totally on board with that but nope I, I did not know he was a Brave and the Bold creation oh yeah well we've been getting some news because there's always been this question um, about whether they were going to use um, like stock songs or that if they were actually going to have some original songs in the show and I think Berlanti had hinted that they were hoping to get original songs wasn't that your understanding of what we'd been hearing up to now yeah that's that's what I had heard I had heard that Berlanti was definitely trying to do that okay well BuzzFeed reported this week that there will at least be two confirmed original songs in the crossover which remember that a majority of the crossover is happening on the Flash episode there's just going to be like a little little tease at the end of the Supergirl episode well apparently one of the songs is being written by Rachel Bloom, who is the star and creator of another CW show, uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which I have not seen, but I have heard wonderful things about, so I have no experience with her whatsoever. But there was an interesting part of the story that you were really sort of connecting with. Well, she talked about how she she found out they were doing this, and, you know, as soon as she did it, she said she emailed uh, CW president Mark Pedowitz, and he got her in touch with Berlanti and Andrew Kreigsberg, and she said, quote, I immediately offered them my services. As soon as they picked one of my ideas, I hopped on the phone with my old robot chicken boss, Tom Root, and we brainstormed, and based on that brainstorm, I wrote up the song Super Friend. And so I, what I like about that is she lobbied for it. They didn't just go to her because obviously they have this person who is connected to the CW. She lobbied for the part, which you know to me is, it's going to make the song that much better that she wanted it. Well, and then I, and then I read this little part, like as you're saying, going, whoa, she walked on, she worked on Robot Chicken? Oh, that's a couple of checks in her, that's a couple of checks in her column. I was like, I love Robot Chicken. That is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. You can't be upset with with the robot chicken connection. No. Well, apparently the song Super Friend is a duet and it will be performed by Grant Gustin and Melissa Benoist. So that's kind of fun. And they didn't have a big story about it, but apparently uh, Benji Pasek and Justin Paul, who actually wrote the lyrics for La La Land, uh, are also writing a song for the episode called Running Home to You that will be performed by Grant Gustin. Now, I'm super excited about this because, as we've talked about on the podcast before, I've seen La La Land. I love La La Land. And that soundtrack is right now the only CD playing in my car right now. So the fact that they got those guys, Oscar-nominated songwriters, to write a song for the show, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, that I mean that just feels pretty big time right now, because obviously La La Land is huge. And that, that's pretty exciting to find out about that. I, I'm interested at the name of Running Home to You. Makes me wonder, are they going to end up on Earth-38 for this story? Because I, I had assumed that car would be coming over to to Earth One, but now I'm wondering if they're actually going to go over there because to me that just title just sounds like something he'd be trying to sing to Iris. Yeah, but I mean, I would. I don't even think that like it's running home to you as in like running back to the Earth. I was just thinking like it's just one of those generic. I'm gonna bur- I'm gonna burst out the song because I feel so much.
much towards you, Iris. I mean, I, I used to be in musicals. I know how that works. You, the emotion of the scene builds up to the point where you can no longer speak it. You must sing it. I mean, that's Rogers and Hammerstein <laughs> 101 when it comes to how you write a musical. So, you know, I'm I'm just I just I just cannot wait for this episode to air on March 21st. It's just I will probably watch this episode again and again. I really do feel like and I know that you spoke blasphemy and said you weren't that big of a fan of the Buffy music, musical episode, but I remember when that puppy came out. I was in college. I was in the middle of all my musical theater stuff in college, and we all just lost our you know what over that. So I, I'm hoping for another experience like that with this episode. I, I would like to point out that when that episode came out, I was uh, younger than college and was maybe didn't appreciate that kind of thing, but I, I still to this day am not huge on musicals. But again, even the Buffy episode, they actually worked it into the plot. There was a reason why they were singing, and so it was a well-done episode. I get why people like it. I just personally struggle with musicals. Uh, it's just a fault in your character, Brent. You know, we'll just, you know, <laughs> but we'll we'll let you stay on, you know. That's good. That's good. <laughs> we're an understanding network. What can we say? Um, now, this is kind of a story, but not, a, it's a story, but not a story, but hey, Robbie Mel's coming back to The Flash. And that's everything we know about. Yeah, it. pretty much. Because his interview was super unhelpful. And I think you even said like you were clicking the story and it was like a link to a link to, it was another one of those link to the link to the link stories or something. Yeah. And uh, you know, you finally find the original quotes and he even flat out says, I'm not saying if I'm alive or dead. So, you know, it, this is the flash we're talking about. We have flashbacks, alternate realities, all, you know, time travel. He, we don't even know if it's for more than one episode at this point. I'm hoping that it is. I'm hoping to see his character. I'd love to see him interact again with actual, you know, with Stein and Jax, but it, we, we have no idea what's going to happen with him. And then some really fun Supergirl casting news that happened this week that kind of excited Brent and me on different levels. Um, first off, it was announced that Terry Hatcher has been cast in Supergirl in a role that's been described as a mysterious villain who will turn out to be the big bad for season two. Yeah, and I, I think that's awesome. I love what they've been doing with bringing on people from previous DC TV properties. In this case, you know, Lois and Clark, the new adventures of Superman. I thought Terry Hatcher was a was a fantastic Lois Lane. And so I'm really looking forward to seeing her on Supergirl again. Uh, kind of, I kind of find it interesting that this show tends to use use their previous people as villains. And you have people like on The Flash, like John Wesley Shipp, who is very much a hero because he is also The Flash. <laughs> Which I think was great. But, you know, I, I just, I love this news because, I'm, I'm sorry, until up until 1997 with Dana Delaney on Superman the Animated Series, I'm going to be honest, Terry Hatcher was my Lois. I'm, I mean, my, my Sunday nights were all about tuning into ABC to watch Lois and Clark. And so I was just kind of excited. And I mean, and she showed up on Smallville for like one episode, but it was like a videotape of her. So I like the idea of her actually being legitimately on the show. And unlike, you know, what she was on Smallville, because Smallville would do this kind of thing all the time, too. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I actually would I would like to see more people from Smallville make their way over. You know, we got Laura Vandervoort, who played Supergirl in Smallville as Indigo on the CW Supergirl. I would like to see more from their company 
come on. But, you know, Terry Hatcher, I that I was surprised, but very, very excited to find that out. And then this, I think, dropped today. And we had to, we had a laugh about this. Uh, but Kevin Sorbo has been cast on Supergirl in what has just been described as another mysterious villain. And confession time, I actually really enjoy Hercules, the legendary journeys. And so I'm kind of excited about this. Yeah, I'll take that one step forward. If I really think back about like my TV history, I'm pretty sure that Hercules and Xena is responsible for my love of the shared television universe. And I, I feel like I can track it from Hercules and Xena to Buffy and Angel and now to where we are today. And so, yeah, Kevin Sorbo is that. I think that is awesome. I was surprised, um, but I, I enjoyed seeing Lucy Lawless on S.H.I.E.L.D. last year. And so it's nice to see Kevin Sorbo do something comic related as well, because obviously, you know, it's he's definitely a very popular character in the genre space. And so I'm really looking forward to seeing this also. Okay, complete non sequitur, by the way. If you're interested in Lucy Lawless, have you checked out Ash versus Evil Dead on Stars? I, I have not, but I've been told to. Oh, well, yes, especially if you enjoy Lucy Lawless. I'm just, no, completely un-DC related, but yes. But, um, okay, here's the question, though. Will Kevin Sorbo play Hercules? Because Hercules <laughs> is a DC character. <laughs> it, it, you know, it, he is. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say he won't. <laughs> no, I don't think so either, but that would be hilarious. I'm sorry. Uh, I would definitely, definitely get a kick out of that. Um, it, you know, he, he he always had just, you can just imagine what he looked like when he was just doing one of his massive punches to the various monsters. And I would love it if for some reason he was able to do that to Supergirl. <laughs> oh, he, <laughs> Which I realized how bad that sounds. I was like, I want to see that Kevin Sorbo punch. Well, hey, if we can get Supergirl doing like the Wonder Woman spin on the episode where Linda Carter was on, we can get a Kevin Sorbo punch. I mean, honestly. <laughs> if, if it doesn't happen, I'm just going to have to watch some old Hercules. <laughs> oh, man. Because they're all on Netflix, aren't they? Um, I Maybe. If not, I'm, I'm pretty sure they at least have been before. Okay. So that that just means they can always come back. But I, I, I'm i going to have to look into that now. <laughs> and just, oh, my God. We're, we're, we're awful people, aren't we? Oh, man. And this was – and the last little bit of DCCW news, because I know, you know, Brent, that's your bread and butter, you know, over on your podcast. Definitely. But Ray was the one who shared this news with me on Twitter. But that Black Lightning pilot we've been hearing about? You know, the one on Fox? No, actually, uh, it's going to be apparently uh, on the CW now. Yeah, I was I was floored at this because I, everything I had heard about it was Fox. It's going to Fox, you know, not part of Gotham, but it's going to be on Fox. And 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 I'll be honest, I I would have preferred it to be on the DCCW. That it's Greg Berlanti. It's you know it, it it's one of his shows. I want them involved. If he's going to do another DC property, get it. And hey, it looks like I'm going to get my wish because apparently Fox passed on it for whatever reason i don't care thank you fox because i would rather have it on the cw anyway and honestly i'm gonna think that mark pedowitz learned his lesson with supergirl and it's like no berlanti just keep on bringing him home keep on bringing them home and i'm kind of wondering now like I, i'm just trying to envision what my tv watching schedule is going to look like next like if this gets picked up for series right now it's just a, a pilot order let's 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 be official here cw has done a pilot order but do we really think it's not going to go to series I mean, honestly, I, I think the only real question is, will it be full season or mid season? And, it, you know, Ray and I were talking once about if uh, if Legends wasn't going to get renewed for a whole season, they didn't want to do the whole, a full 22 long thing. Maybe they could do a 13 episode season, which this season currently originally was and back end it with something else related. Now, at the time, I think if I remember right, we were actually talking about, you know, 
kind of hoping a little bit for a Tyler Hecklin Superman. But if Black Lightning, if for whatever reason they don't want to give it the 20 some episodes, pair it up with Legends. And I think that'd be great. Like kind of like when when Legends ends, let Black Lightning take over in like the same time slot or something. Yeah, exactly right. Like combine the two of them to form form, you know, that full 22 episode season that the bulk of the CW shows have. Okay. I I think that could work because, you know, everybody, including me, even though I was I was very hopeful and really felt like they had a good shot of Legends getting renewed. I was surprised. And honestly, had I found out about this Black Lightning news prior to hearing about the Legends getting renewed, I would have thought that was it. Nail in the coffin. Legends is done. Yeah. But it I, I don't know. I, like, I just I could. It seems to me like they were real hesitant to bring on Supergirl because they already had the three shows. Well, now they renewed all four of them. They brought on Supergirl and they're going to potentially add a fifth. They are running out of time slots. And as as Ray put it on Twitter today, they might need to just change their name to the DC Network. Well, they are got, I mean, but some time slots are opening up because this is the final season of Vampire Diaries. This is the final season of Rain. Uh, I don't know if, I'm curious whether Frequency and No Tomorrow, whether they just, they didn't get their back orders, but I'm also wondering, did they get canceled or did they just end up getting shortened for seasons? So I'm kind of beginning to wonder, like, where where are the time slots opening up? So, I mean, I, I know of two shows that are ending and two shows that are questionable whether they're going to get renewed or not. So that might be where your time slots come in. I already find myself wondering if we're going to see uh, see uh, any of the other DCCW people in the pilot. I mean, okay, so Supergirl being a CBS pilot was off on her own, but Stephen Amell was involved in the Flash pilot and he was involved in the Legends pilot. And so I, I'm kind of wondering, is he going to show up there? Is someone else? And so I, I feel like that would be a good way to kind of start it is just to show some integration right there. And I also kind of was wondering if if maybe because it is going to be on the CW, you know, the pilot, that maybe we might see this character purely speculation. Haven't heard anything yet, but maybe we might see him pop up prior to that pilot on a current show this year. Don't don't tease me because that would be... <laughs> I mean, it, it's possible though. It We know they're already working on like, if, if not the last episode of Legends, you know, the second to the last, the penultimate, but I they wouldn't be that far into into the other shows. And something that just occurs to me, not, we don't even know what Earth this is going to take place on. This could be connected to Supergirl. Oh, that is true. Or it could be a completely different Earth. Because, I'm sorry, I mean, uh, slight spoilers for this week's episode of The Flash, but all the multiverse jumping that happened, that was kind of fun. And I'm, I'm just kind of curious about all the other Earths out there. I'm going to be honest with you. But I still want to be part of the F- Legends of Flareoverse. You know? Yeah, and so I I don't know. I'm, I'm really hopeful that this gets picked up. I obviously have all the faith in the world and Berlanti and his DC work and you know the teams he has put together so I'm I am really hopeful here well let's let's kind of do a sh- little short talk here um, so Powerless the first DC based sitcom aired last night as of recording Thursday night on um, NBC uh, a little half hour comedy I watched it this afternoon because the first episode is free on iTunes and so that's how I watched it I'm sure it's free on other digital retailers because DC's been doing that where like the first episode is always free like on iTunes, Amazon, Vudu that kind of thing. Um, I think you did the same thing, didn't you Brent? I, I did. I, I actually was, I, maybe this was presumptuous but I was expecting it because it's on NBC and NBC did the same thing with Constantine. I remember that first episode was free as well and so I first thing I did this morning was look to see if it was on there. It was so I, I, I downloaded it and I too uh, ended up watching it this afternoon. Um, I feel like, because we 
we've already talked, so we technically already know what each other's, each other's thoughts are. I feel like our initial reactions to the trailer or the or the promos kind of played out in the episode. I, I think we ended up feeling about it the way we thought we were going to feel about it. Would you agree? Yeah. It. Uh. I mean, let, let, let's be fair. It's a pilot. And even more, it's a pilot that they drastically reworked the concept of. Even though it's kind of funny that parts of the old pilot still showed up. Like, like the, they did a little wink and nod at the original pilot. You, you Did you catch that? Yeah. I mean, you, you could you could tell they were trying to maybe reuse some of the some of the concepts or work that they had done it there were lots of i mean there were there were good little references and things like that to dc in general and i don't want to be too spoiler for it if you haven't gotten to see it yet but there are references you do see a costumed hero in it um i thought that was pretty cool the the effects actually looked better than i was expecting because clearly that's not the focus of a show like this uh at one point i did feel like i was just looking at more of a green screen than anything and you know even on tv you don't want to you just don't want to see that it's green screen and there have been times you know even with the dccw where it just kind of kicks you out of it for a second because you can you just can see what's going on there but honestly i i am undecided what i'm going to do about the show going forward it based solely on what we have seen so far i am not the audience for this show yeah i'm i'm rough on sitcoms to begin with i have a very i have a very targeted area of sitcoms when i was growing up that like endeared itself to my heart and so i have my idea of what i like in a sitcom. The last sitcom that really got me hooked was Community and I found out about that late. I, like, I didn't tune in to begin with because I just kind of had this aversion to modern sitcoms, but I had a friend who told me, no, you want to check this out? And then I was hooked once I found out about it. But that's the last sitcom that I've really gotten attached to. So, for me, it's only going to be a 22 minute thing. I'll never watch it live because the time slot is awful for my life because that's right in the middle of bath and bedtime. So, I'm never going to watch this show live. Uh, but if I'm going to catch it, you know, delayed viewing on my own time, and it's only 22 minutes, it's not like it's going to cost me a lot. So I'll continue to watch it with the hopes that they kind of get their groove. I mean, I love the DC references. I chuckled at at least two or three different jokes in the course of the episode that I just kind of went, <laughs> okay, that was funny. And then move on. No, no, no big laugh, but you know, just some guffaws that I wasn't expecting. Um, the act, you have to, you have to understand what the, what acting style they're going for. It's very intentionally over the top, and I don't know if they're going to sustain, how well that's going to sustain, to be honest with you. I, again, sample size of one episode, I will be, unless there is a drastic improvement, I, I will be surprised if, if it does get picked up for a season two. I, I mean, I hope it does. I don't want to, I don't ever want to hope that a DC property would fail like that, but it, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll definitely be watching the reviews of the next couple episodes, and then hopefully like the NBC website or whatever, I'll be able to pick them up there. I, I will just say I'm not willing yet to actually purchase the show on iTunes, which is how I primarily get my television. I, I do feel like in a pre-Smallville world, and you know, so like after Lois and Clark ended, but before Smallville started, so we really were kind of like in this area where we really didn't have anything like reference. I probably would have ate it up for anything connected to DC at all. But it, I mean, we, we are not in that world anymore, and we are not sore for, you know, we're not hurting here to get good quality comic book television and DC television specifically. And so I, I'm still I'm still kind of just surprised that this got greenlit to begin with. But again, if you like the show, fantastic. I want you to like the show because, it, you know, if it's funny, if people enjoy it, it'll be successful. And that's great. I mean, that, that certainly doesn't hurt me just because it's not for me. Well, I think my thing is that I want the show to be successful. So I just want the show to get better. You know, it has potential. I just it I it just can't stay where it is right now. Like it, like if this is what it 
it hits and it sustains this, um, it, it will not be long for this world. And apparently the ratings, basically what the article I read about the ratings, apparently 3.5 million viewers tuned in. And basically their words were, it's not terrible, but it's not great either. So I feel like a lot of us had just kind of this wait and see. I'd be interested in what the download numbers look like. Like if, if that 3.1 million is people who actually tuned in live to watch it, I'll be curious to see like what the streaming numbers are and what the downloads on iTunes. If there was a lot of us who just kind of was like, yeah, we're not ready at 7.30 on a Thursday night. We'll catch it on the weekend when we have time. Yeah, the Life Plus 3s and Life Plus 7, uh, those numbers are going to be pretty significant. Um, I, I, I will say I'm going to go ahead and just put them on the spot here. Tim, next week, get, give us your thoughts. Um, I, I've kind of heard some of what you thought about it when we were talking earlier, but uh, give the listeners your thoughts about Powerless because I think you, you were going into it from a little bit more of a positive feeling and so I, I think it'd be good to hear what you thought about it too because it, I mean, let's be honest if you go into it with low expectations that's going to color your view of it a little bit so that's true that's true well I think that does it for this week I'm actually quite impressed we we made more of an episode out of this news than I thought we were going to Brent to be honest uh, what I'm hearing is I ramble no I'm no <laughs> actually usually you do the exact opposite so I'm very proud of you I good good boy Brent good boy <laughs> Oh, man. Well, guys, thanks for tuning in. We hope you've enjoyed having Brent on the show. Hope it didn't hurt your feelings too much that Tim wasn't here or hurt your feelings that I was here. You know, it depends on what depends on how you think. But... <laughs> Um, that's it for this week's show. We want to thank you so much for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the show and Brent's and my discussion, because I had fun talking to you, Brent. Well, yeah, it, it's been a lot of fun, and uh, remember, we, we would love to hear from you guys. We love interacting with the listeners, so uh, best way to reach us is probably going to be on Twitter. Uh, the show can be at Suicide Squadcast, and I am at Brentac Prime. Oh my god, the underscore's gone. What The happened, underscore Brent? is gone. I, t- I let Tim shame me out of it. Don't, don't give him the power reclaim your underscore <laughs> be your own twitter handle <laughs> well since since my proper desired handle is unavailable because somebody's been sitting on it for over 2000 days with only two tweets uh, we're going with brintac prime which actually was a tim's suggestion but it, it clicked with me i liked it so brintac prime speaking of tim his, he's on twitter at alan fire and then of course you can reach me at scott dc 27 i got the handle i wanted and i have kept on to it thank you very much <laughs> um, you can also email us at suicide squadcast at gmail.com we do answer all tweets and emails. Um, we love interacting with you guys. And please seek us out. We have our website, www.suicidesquadcast.com. Um, we're not on YouTube. Chris from DC Comics Squadcast is on YouTube because he's the one who knows what to do with that right now. Brent, are you ever going to get on YouTube? Um, Ray and I have talked before. And like we, we, we have the desire, but the lack of, I, I, I don't know, like we don't know really what we would do with it. And um, in my case, I, I'm really intrigued by it, but I just have no idea what I'd do be, other than because I'm not going to just record myself recording a podcast. <laughs> no, no, that wouldn't be fun at all. And we're on Facebook and you can actually reach out to all the shows there we post links to all the sh- all three shows of the network you can find us on facebook at the suicide squad cast network um li- uh, we're not gonna worry about itunes reviews this week because um one tim's not here and two tim's is also the one who puts them in the show notes and he didn't do it this week so i don't know if there's itunes or not and i'm too dang lazy to get my iphone out and check this check and see so we'll just save that for next week um little heads up i do think because people have been asking us i think tim and i will be doing a review of the new DC animated movie Justice League Dark next week because the Blu-ray comes out on Tuesday and I'm the hang-up guys 
iTunes didn't have a good deal for me, so I'm just waiting for the physical copy. So I'll get it next Tuesday. I will watch it, and then we'll we'll talk about next week. And I think probably about President's Day weekend, for those of us in the U.S., is when Tim and I are planning on dropping uh, our Q&A episode, which, while I'm looking forward to answering your questions, I am not looking forward to how long that damn episode is going to be. I am. <laughs> screw you, Brent. <laughs> You even asked questions. You're contributing to them. You can. Hey, I I enjoy sending questions into podcasts that I like to listen to, and I, it, you know it's always fun to have them to put them on the spot and have the host read your questions. So absolutely, I contributed. <laughs> Screw you. I I limited the number of questions. I I had more I could send in, but I decided two was plenty. Oh uh, well, and we requested that people only send in two. Brent. Okay. <laughs> well, guys, once again, thank you for listening. Thank you for putting up for the ridiculous. That is Brent and me when we get together. It, it happens so rarely. It's nice when we do it. Yeah, you, you you can tell we're missing a little direction without our fearless leader, Tim. I, I, th- I think it's more we're free without our dictator, Tim. But seriously, guys, uh, hopefully you're not too disappointed with me having a little last minute fill in. Um, and you can find me also on the DC TV Squadcast, where Ray and I go over the DCCW news. And definitely check out the DC Comic Squadcast with Chris and Jordan. They're doing an awesome job covering all of the Justice League related uh, comic book titles right now coming out for a Rebirth. <laughs> okay, guys. And on that note, as we're fond of reminding you every week, keep reading DC. See you later. Okay, Brent, we gotta we gotta have a talk. Um, sit down. You know what you're in here for. I I you, I didn't do it. Y- y- yes, I have audio proof. <laughs> we we even have Batman on our cover art, and you can't remember which movie George Clooney was in and which movie Val Kilmer was in. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I, I I swear I won't do it again. I, you know, I can't even take you seriously right now. Nobody remembers those movies. Screw you. I enjoyed Batman forever. Um, we need to blow something up. I know we need to blow something up. I gotta, of course, we gotta figure out what to blow up. <sighs> Just so that we can and, get the Scott and Tim good enough seal of approval. And part, part of me saying this because I know he's gonna hear it. Um, part of me thinks it'd be fun to blow up Tim because he'd have to actually put it together and blow himself up. <laughs> And he'd do it, too, probably. He, oh, he, he would. You know, you could just blow me up for saying that it was uh, mixing up George Clooney and Val Kilmer. Or that you'd... Uh, <laughs> okay, well, let's just go with that. And if Tim doesn't like it, he can record something else. Cause that's, he, 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 he might want to record... He might want to blow us both up just so he can be in the episode. <laughs>
Actually, you know, we did get through one episode um, where he, we have secured ourselves an episode where he's not on it. I'm trying, I think it was the episode he was drunk or something that he did not end up, be, when he when he called in on us and was drunk and it was like terribly uncomfortable. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I believe you are right. <laughs> he didn't put himself, we do have one episode without Tim, which is really funny because he's going to be listening to this recording and hearing us talk about him, all of this. This is hilarious. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, if Tim decides to overrule that and blow us both up, then that is fine. <laughs> he will. It's the way he rolls. Yeah, Scott and Brent, you thought you were going to get away with this. You know what? You're absolutely right. That is how I roll. You bitches. <laughs>